It is my privilege to fill the pulpit this weekend as we continue in our series called Into the World. How many have been enjoying this series? How about Pastor Wayman? Can he get his preach on? He's in actually in Santa Paula this morning. But the Spirit of God impressed me so strongly to give this message this morning. I have titled A Church United. And if I were to put a subtitle to this, I would title it A United Church of All Races. This is an integral part to the mission and the gospel of Jesus Christ that is to be proclaimed throughout all the world. How many know Christ is building his church? And he's building his church of all nations, all people groups. And that church, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail. Can I get an amen this morning? You know, this message was really birthed out of a, out of a prophetic burden I've been carrying for a long time for the body of Christ to be united as never before. To pray and to intercede and believe God for a move of God to transform our nation. Are you with me this morning? It was prepared through a lot of tears. I can't tell you, it's been a long time that where God has so come, come on me so strongly as I was preparing this message. His presence was so on me. I couldn't help but, but weep the whole time as I was praying and preparing. And I believe that our nation needs a, a spiritual awakening. How many believe our nation needs a great spiritual awakening? We need a reformation. We, we need a racial reconciliation revival and a movement of churches of all races praying and working together where every Christ follower, every young and old, doing their part to bring change and healing to our communities, our cities, and our nation. How many know the enemy wants to divide us on all fronts? He wants to divide us racially, socially, politically, economically, even theologically among our churches. How many know he's at work? Social media and the news reminds us every day there's all kinds of things going on. We all, we all saw what was going on in Chicago and the things that are, are rising up in our nation. And I believe in this hour, you know, the enemy knows that a house divided cannot stand. He knows that. But I believe in this hour with all my heart that only a united church of all races can heal a divided nation. Can I say that again? Only a united church of all races can heal a divided nation. And God is saying to the churches of America, his called out people in our nation in this hour, it's time for us to arise. It's time for us to shine and repair our cities, rebuild the walls, restore our homes, and restore the streets to dwell in, as prophesied through the prophet Isaiah. And I want to ask you for your grace this morning and, and, and ask for your prayers because this is a message that I know is going to be very unique. This morning we're going to include a time of prayer for racial reconciliation and unity for our, for our churches, our cities, and communities. From what I understand from many people that have grown up in this valley, this type of message, this type of prayer has never been done before in our valley. So I ask for your grace. You know, I was asking the Lord, I said, why me, God? <laughs> why do I always have to be the one to bring the heavy messages and the sensitive and the challenging, convicting messages. Why can't I be the funny guy with the smiling, you know, with the smile on my face and preaching all the happy messages? But I believe with all my heart this is a prophetic word for this hour and for this season of time. God is calling his sons and daughters to rise up. See, the people are looking for a new king in the mountain of government to bring healing and restoration and righteousness. God is looking to his sons and daughters to rise up and bring healing and righteousness and prosperity and peace to our nation. Can I get an amen? amen? In an interview 
with Dr. Billy Graham, he was asked what was one of the biggest social problems in our world. And here is somebody that has ministered for 60 years in over 100 nations. And Dr. Graham's reply was this. He says, the biggest social problem in our world beyond any question is racism, racial divide, the unhealed wounds of racial injustice and animosity. And I could tell you, somebody who's had the privilege to minister in over 45 missions in over 20 nations of the world, I have seen the great racial divide and conflict in people's hearts, tribal conflict and conflict uh, economically and discrimination, whether it be in Africa or Asia or Europe or, or uh, the uh, Middle Eastern countries, Latin, South America. There's a lot of divide. And those of us that live in America and California and L L.A., we need little reminders that there is still some racial prejudice and divide that exists among us. I don't know about you, but a week ago when I saw that despicable, the enemy rose his ugly head in Anaheim with that KKK demonstration. It so grieved my heart to see what the enemy's trying to do. I believe the nations of this world and our nation are crying out for leaders with God's love to arise with truth and with God's vision. Leaders that will rise with a vision of hope and a future. Peacemakers with God-given strategies from heaven and plans for peace and unity where we can embrace and celebrate both unity within our diversity. A God vision that is inspired by the heart and spirit of God and the law of Christ's love that compels us. See, it cannot be inspired by the will of man or the laws of man that doesn't change our hearts. It must be inspired by the law of Christ's love this morning. Can I get an amen? A God vision and mission that is personal, not political, that moves every believer in Christ Jesus to rise up and be a voice and minister of God's reconciliation and love, bringing unity, healing, and peace wherever God sends you. That's God's heart for us. This God vision and mission is what Christ came and died for, to establish the kingdom of God on earth where every tongue, every tribe, every nation would be one before God. It was a new reality that Jesus prayed for before he left this earth, before he went to be with the Father, that we would live out and fulfill. We read this in John chapter 17. Turn with me to John chapter 17, verse 11. It says, now I am departing from this world, and they are staying in this world. But I am coming to you, Holy Father, for you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united. Say, be united. Just as we are. Verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all. Say, all. Who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. Say all be one. Just as you and I are one. And you are in me, Father. And I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you have sent me. This is so powerful. Jesus is praying the very heart and will of the Father. He says, I pray that they will all be one so that the world will know that you have sent me. You want to know how the world's going to see the God that we love? And want to know that the God that we love is when they see we are one. 
when we're loving one another, what a testimony and a witness to the world. The God that we love, the way that we're to reflect, and the way that they're going to want to turn and know the God that we love is when they see us as one. Every, every tongue, every tribe, every ethnicity, when we are united one, he says, they will know me. They will know that I've sent you. And this is so powerful because Jesus said, Father, I pray that they would be one even as we are one. This is a powerful picture for us because we know that God the Father, God the Son, and even the Holy Spirit, they are one. Amen. They are one God. Yet they are unique and they are distinct. So they are unique and distinct, yet they are equal and united in one. So what Jesus was saying, he says, I pray that even though all of us are unique and, dis and distinct and we all have different ethnicities, he says, we could be one in our uniqueness. Even though we're distinct, we could be united in one. That was Jesus' prayer. That was his heart. He was praying the very thing that was on the, in the heart of God when God first created this world. When he created Adam and Eve. We know in the beginning God created Adam and Eve with the ability to produce a human race that would be made up of all ethnicities. And that they would be one people, say one people. They would have one blood, say one blood. They would be one family, say one family. This was in the heart of God. Did you know that we all have the same parents? Turn to somebody next to you and say we all have the same parents. <laughs> Adam and Eve, if you believe the word of God, we all have the same parents. Genetic science proved this. Molecular genetics proves that we all have come from one man and woman. The human genome proves the Bible. And some people question and say, how can all these different ethnicities and races come from one man and one woman? Let me give you a glimpse that I think will help you. How many of you know this is my beautiful wife, Laura Renee, who has dark black hair? And I have dark black hair. And when our son Ethan was born, he was born with bright fire engine red hair. And I'm like, where did he come from? I'm, I said, honey, do we have some talking to do? You got some explaining, you know? And so you look at this, and how, how is that possible? How can two parents with dark black hair produce a child with bright fire engine red hair? That's because how many was in the genes, in the gene pool? How many know Adam and Eve had some amazing genes, some amazing DNA? So we are all of one race, one people group. But because of the fall, because of sin, we became separated from God. And what happened when, when we became separated from God, we became separated from one another. See, when you and I are separated from God, the natural outcome is that we will be separated from one another. But let me tell you, when you and I are one with God, when you and I are close with God and close to his heart, we will love one another. Every ethnicity, every people, we will love one another as he loves us. When we are close to God, when we know his heart, we will love one another as he loves us. Every ethnicity, 
and because of sin that caused separation, caused division and strife and hostility and even hatred and even that manifested in, in violence where we read in Genesis how Cain rose up and killed his brother Abel, his brother of the same human family. And sin has multiplied and has, we see this increase from generation to generation to generation to generation, even to today, where we see this separation and division and strife and hostility, where the loss of care for one another, another brother, another sister of the same human family that God created us. But I have wonderful news this morning, that our Lord Jesus, say that with me, our Lord Jesus, he came to destroy, say destroy. He came to destroy the works of darkness. He came to destroy the fruit of sin. See, racism, racial divide, hostility, any form of superior attitudes, any, any attitude that looks at somebody as somehow less or prevents us from being one is the fruit of sin and it is the work of darkness. That is of the enemy that Jesus came to destroy. Through the work of his cross. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 14. We read. For Christ himself. Has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles. Of course we know that's every other ethnic group. Into one people. Say one people. When in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility. That separated us. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by the means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. That's the power of Jesus' blood. It says in the book of Revelations that we've overcome Satan by the power of the blood of Christ and by the word of our testimony. That is the power of the gospel. The precious blood of Jesus came not only to reconcile us but to to tear down and destroy any hostility that would be between us. We read in the book of Galatians, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Matter of fact, let's all read this together. Verse 27. For as many of you were baptized, say that with me, read this out loud with me. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? We are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus declared in Matthew eleven seventeen, he said, My father's house shall be called a house of prayer or made up of all the nations. That word nations is the original Greek word we get ethnos, which means ethnicities. Christ is building his church. And the Father's house is a house made up of all ethnicities. How many of you are blessed that Higher Vision is such a great church? That we are a multi-ethnic church. Can we give God praise for that? That is his heart. That is his heart. The only way you and I, the churches in our land, the churches in the city and valley across the U.S., the only way that we can become 
a house of all ethnicities, a united church of all ethnic groups is through the power of the gospel, the blood of Jesus, and the love of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. When he changes us, there's no other way that we can become united. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul writes, for I am not ashamed of this good news, the gospel about Christ. It is the power of God. Say the power of God. At work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentiles. It's the power of the gospel that unites us. It's the power of the God, power of the gospel that saves us. That word salvation is the word, the Greek word sozo, which means to make whole, to heal, to restore, and to reconcile. See, when we're saved, when we give our lives to Jesus, we are reconciled back to God. The gospel message is that God was in Christ, reconciled man or the world to himself through the blood of his cross. Not imputing or not counting our sins against us. For he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We might become right before him. Isn't that good news? Isn't that a wonderful gospel? Cleanses us of all our sin. But see, the salvation is not just being reconciled to God. The gospel and salvation includes us being reconciled to one another. See, God did not come just to save us and reconcile us back to him, but he came to save us and reconcile us so that we would become one in him, one family, one community. Amen? That's the gospel that we are to preach and proclaim. I want to ask you this morning, I think this is the perfect time. Maybe there's some of you here, maybe you've never been reconciled to God. Maybe you've never received the forgiveness and the cleansing power of the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. God loves you so much. He came to save you, not to condemn you, but to give you the gift of eternal life. And I want to ask you this morning, if you've never been reconciled to God, I'm telling you this morning is a wonderful time to give your life to Jesus. Maybe some of you here gave your life to Christ, but you've walked away. You've, you know this morning you need to be reconciled back to him. You need to give your life back to him this morning. I'm also talking to you. With every eye closed, head bowed, I want to extend this invitation to you on the count of three. I'm going to count to three. On three, I want you to raise your hand. If you've never been reconciled to God, you want to know that your sins are forgiven. You want to know that you have the gift of eternal life. If you have walked away and you want to come back to him, on the count of three, you want to know that your sins are forgiven. One, two, don't miss this moment. Three, raise your hand all across this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see one hand back there. Thank you. Anyone else? I see your hand over here on the right. Thank you. Anyone? I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you so much. I see your hand there. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. You can go ahead and open up your eyes. Let's pray this prayer together. The word of God says, confess with our heart, believe in the Lord Jesus, and we shall be saved. Let's pray this all together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. Save me. Cleanse me from all my sins. I give my life to you. I belong to you. I thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? He's so good. He's so good. Now in a short while, we're going to have a time of what is called identificational repentance. 
and release of forgiveness for racial reconciliation and unity. We're not just standing the gap for our city, our valley, but we're standing the gap of our nation. Now, you can call me a crazy prophet this morning and standing in the wilderness. But as I was praying and meditating, you know, when you carry the burden of the Lord, his heart and emotions overwhelms you. And he gave me a vision as I was praying and meditating. I saw this wooden stake being planted in the ground with a red ribbon around it. It was an empty land as if the land was being surveyed and set apart for a major building project. And I was meditating on this picture. The Lord told me that this time of prayer, we would be planting a stake in the spirit realm. And that wood stake represents the cross of Jesus. And that red ribbon represents the blood, the power of his blood. And I'm believing in this time of prayer that we are declaring in the spirit realm that there is going to be a move of God, a mighty move of racial reconciliation in churches in our cities and our nation. Are you with me? Will you believe with me? Will you believe with me? How many know our nation needs it? How many know our nation needs it? So what is identificational repentance? That is when we, it's a type of prayer and release of forgiveness where one confesses before God the corporate sins of one's family or people or city or nation. Often the corporate sins of a people or city or nation will uh, prevent God to bring restoration and healing to the land. But we see this powerful principle throughout scripture. When the people of God have done that, God releases revival, spiritual restoration, and healing. How many want healing in our land? It's powerful. We act upon the prayer according to the promise we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen. What a wonderful promise that God is going to act upon this morning. You know, I... I was fighting with God about this message. Got counsel from different pastors, and I found out that no other church has ever considered giving a message on racial, racial reconciliation unity, and it's not a feel-good message. And, and the Lord really compelled me, compelled me. And, you know, I, where's Phil? Phil, would you come on up? I met Phil about a year ago. I said, God, you know, does this... For the Santa Cruz Valley, I met Phil. There's Phil Jordan. He works on our camera. And I met Phil as he's walking. I met Phil about a year ago. He came into our church office, and he was dropping off his tithe. When you come up here, Phil. Yeah, come on up. I met Phil. He was dropping off his tithe. And we began to talk about things in our nation and what was going on and the divide, and he began to share with me some of the things that his kids experienced growing up in the Santa Cruz Valley. Some of the hurts and some of the discrimination and all the things that his kids experienced. And he also began to share with me some of the things that he's experienced. And even currently, he said, you know, there's sometimes if I have dressed a certain way, I might be looked at with, with serious suspicion. I said, Phil, I said, are you kidding me? I said, are you serious? I said, in the Santa Cruz Valley? And then I was talking with Pastor Jorge. If I can have our representatives come up. I was talking with Pastor Jorge. 
who pastors our Hispanic ministry. And we've been intentional to try to reach out. And he said to me, he said, Pastor James, he said, sometimes it's been difficult to, to grow the service. He goes, because sometimes many Hispanics feel that they're not fully embraced as Americans, full Americans, because of their Hispanic descent. And I was talking to a, a young Asian American, a millennial. And I said, I know you probably haven't experienced things that your parents might have experienced. She says, no, when I, I grew up here in Santa Cruz Valley. And she says, I dealt with some, some prejudices and, and some hurts. She goes, but I've made peace with God about it. And she says, there's even times, even recently, her and her family and other, and other people of Asian descent, they would go out for a meal and have lunch together. They loved to fellowship over, over a meal. And she said, we were in a restaurant, our whole family, and there were others of the Asian community. And she said, somebody in the restaurant said, what is this place? Is this Chinatown in, in our valley? And she said, Pastor James, <laughs> I've been going to churches throughout this valley. I used to be a church hopper. And I never really felt embraced. Somehow there was a little bit of a wall because she just didn't feel welcomed and felt there was something there. But she had discovered higher vision. And I came to higher vision. I felt welcome. I felt loved. I felt embraced. They didn't look at my, my skin color. Can we praise God for that? I want to read one verse to you real quick out of Nehemiah that establishes this spiritual law, this spiritual principle. As we know, Nehemiah, uh, Israel was, came out of exile. And they returned back to their land. And God had given them assignment to rebuild the city and to rebuild the walls. And because of sin in the land and, and uh, they were, uh, their disobedience, there was chaos. And Nehemiah heard about it. And when he went to, with the charge and the commission to help Israel rebuild the city, rebuild the wall, this is what Nehemiah did. He stood in the gap. Chapter 1, we read this in verse 4. He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your ears open to hear the prayer of your servant is praying before you day and night and for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins of Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. See, we are a covenant people, a nation founded upon covenants made before God to honor him and to honor one another. And whenever we have allowed a particular, particular people created in the image and likeness of God to be degraded or deceived in any way or to be decimated, any reconciliation requires us to release repentance. And I'm believing God to break some things. Are you with me? Not just for our valley, but for our nation. What we're going to do, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I want you to just join your hearts. If you want to stretch your hands, Joe, would you begin and begin us in this time of racial reconciliation and prayer for unity? Praise God. George, I just want to uh, humble myself and, uh, and just subject myself to you as a representative of my ethnic group and generation. And I just want to ask you to forgive me and forgive us for any attitudes or any words of prejudice that have been held against you and have held you back. And I just also want to ask for forgiveness systemically 
for anything that has withheld opportunities from you and any social injustice that's been perpetrated against you as a people. And I just want to humble myself and ask for forgiveness from you this morning. Thank you, Joe. <clears throat> I, I identify with and represent African-Americans of my generation. And we release you, release forgiveness to, towards Caucasians and, and ask for repentance, respond with repentance and ask for forgiveness of the sins, of prejudice, of harboring ill will, bitterness and resentment, of, of holding today's generation um, for the sins of past generations and for unloving and unforgiving attitudes. Joe, you are my brother in Christ, and I love you. Amen, amen. Anthony, we're going to receive communion together as a sign that we are one. Anthony, I want you to come. I want to identify myself with the sins of my community and my generation for any sins of prejudice or hurtful attitudes and actions. I want to ask forgiveness, Anthony, for maybe avoiding and not interacting and building close relationships because of wrong stereotypes. I want to ask forgiveness for not just reaching out and embracing and celebrating you and your culture. I ask forgiveness for the sins of my generation, the sins of my fathers and my father's father. Would you forgive us? On behalf of my generation and my ethnic group, I want to release forgiveness to your ethnic group. And I want to ask for your forgiveness for stereotypes, looking at you through eyes with stereotypes and unforgiveness and bitterness from the past, from past generations, and from making you feel guilt from something that you didn't do, that your past generations did. I want to ask for your forgiveness for slapping away the hand of brotherhood because of hurt and pain. But I extend the hand of brotherhood to you. Pastor James, I love you, and you're my brother. Amen. Amen. Jeff. Brother Jorge, on behalf of my generation and my kids' generation, and Lord, I just come before you and repent and ask forgiveness for any just hurtful attitudes, for any discrimination, for walls that we've built up, between Hispanics and Caucasians for any time we've looked down upon the Hispanic community as maybe being less American or, or less than. We just ask for your forgiveness and pray that we could break down the walls and, and join in unity. Pastor Jorge. Amen. Amen, brother. I, I, I represent the Hispanic community and I, I release forgiveness and accept your apologies and also ask for forgiveness for my sins and my generational sins and of ungodly thoughts and actions and for shortcomings and stereotypes that might have uh, prevented us to have a closer relationship. I ask for your forgiveness, brother. And as Christ has forgiven me, I forgive you, brother. I love you. Sung, I stand here humbly before you. And I beg your forgiveness as a representative of my generation for the ways in which we have oppressed the people of Asia, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, 
we are responsible for shutting them out. We've walked in elitism and we have broken the heart of God. I am begging you for your forgiveness. Galen, I feel the true pain in your heart. And I thank you for that request. And I accept and release forgiveness on behalf of Asians. I'm privileged to be here to represent them. And in return, I also ask forgiveness for any um, anger, animosity, resentment that may have been harbored in our hearts and turned down the hands of uh, uh, generosity that may have been extended out of our resentment. I ask for your forgiveness on behalf of Asians. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord the hand this morning? Is he in power? Amen. What I'd like to do is I'd like to lead us in a corporate prayer. Can I have everyone stand? I know there's many ethnic groups represented, and I want us to ask forgiveness from the Lord for any sins of our family line, of our father's family. And I want to lead us in this prayer. Would you just join your hearts with me? Heavenly Father, this morning we, we cry out before you. We stand before you. Father God, we repent of all sins. We identify with the sins of our families and our Father's family, Lord God, any sins of prejudice or discrimination or racism, Father, any attitudes that are ungodly that are not of you, any attitudes that have prevented us to be one in Christ, Lord God. And Father, today we even want to ask for forgiveness for anything in our own past, Lord. Father, in, in our own hearts, Father, if we've ever harbored any attitudes, any hurtful, any prejudice, Lord, Father, we, we repent of it this morning. We ask you to cleanse us and forgiveness, Lord. Anything that has hindered us or caused us to not look at one another as you look at us, Lord God. Father, we repent and we ask for forgiveness this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that your word says when we ask forgiveness, you're faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness by the precious blood of Jesus. And this morning, Lord, we receive cleansing. We receive cleansing this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you're cleansing us, Lord, and that you will heal our land and our city, Lord God. And we declare in the mighty name of Jesus, we renounce and command every spirit of strife, every spirit of racism and discrimination and prejudice. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus, you have no right or no place in this city or in this valley or in this state. In the mighty name of Jesus, we break your power and we declare the precious blood of Jesus over this valley in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning?